Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And this is Day After Dynamite. Welcome to Day After Dynamite. I'm Will Washington, but I'm not alone here. I'm joined by the one and only Denise Salcedo. What's the name of the show again? I didn't catch day after, it. Day After Dynamite. D-A-D, baby. The, the first 20 times I didn't catch it, Will. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that's right, folks. Do not attempt to adjust your YouTube Sunday hasn't happened yet this Thursday, but uh, it's Denise Salcedo. You're hey, kind of known for seeing us swapped around. You know, I'm surprised you're not like sick and tired of me considering that we hung out this whole entire weekend and then we have, then we're doing this show and then Sunday we got ATW. So it's like just nonstop. How I is know, this right? happening? I know. <laughs> and by the way, nobody ever said I wasn't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> Oh, damn. Thanks. You know what? Well, I got some of your secrets this weekend. I could just be like exposing you right now. That's right. You got the one. All right. No, leave that alone. I've All right, still been but... laughing about that right now, by the way. I'm not going to tell the people. I'll keep that to myself. Yes. But I did find out something very funny about Will, and I will keep it to myself. For now. <laughs> For now. <laughs> yes. But anyway, folks. Thank you for checking out Day After Dynamite. This is uh, kind of an exciting week. We just got back from 
uh, San Francisco. I was at Revolution. You were also at Revolution. Yeah, that's right. As we just talked about. Um, San Francisco is interesting because, like, everybody's always warned me how expensive San Francisco is. But let me tell you, folks, I was not fully aware of this until... So, uh, you know, we did the AEW bowling event. We got, uh, we had our Fightful Lane. Um, it was me. It was uh, photographer Jess. It was Denise. There was um, Reg and Phil were also there. And we had a good time. Denise beat me bowling. Uh, second time around, anyway. First time, not so much. But either way, uh, after the event... Reg and Phil went off to uh, to West Coast Pro, and then we were going to go, but we decided to get something to eat first. And we spent, first off, like 20 minutes trying to find parking literally anywhere. Not doable. And then, uh, finally, we find a Taco Bell. Why did I pay $10 for a cheesy gordita crunch in San Francisco? I am still astonished by this menu item. I looked at that, and I was like, please tell me that's like a meal. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, no, you pay $10 for a cheesy gordita crunch in San Francisco. What the hell? I haven't had Taco Bell in forever, mind you. But I don't think regular menu items are that expensive elsewhere. So, Will, I will tell you that I actually kind of think you're wrong here because they're pretty much almost the exact same. They're pretty much the same price here in Los Angeles, too. So when you like Taco Bell has gotten incredibly expensive, like I don't think people realize how expensive Taco Bell has gotten. And I know this because I am an avid Taco Bell <laughs> visitor. OK, I know and love Taco Bell, but I recognize that they are incredibly expensive. So when you were all kind of like reacting about that, I was just like, OK, like it did not phase me whatsoever. Like this was no, of course. I mean, look, you're, you're also from L.A., so it's probably even, just okay, as bad. This is going to sound really bad, but when it comes to food, I don't even look at the prices. I'm just like, I'm going to want to eat that. I don't give a damn what it costs. Here's my card. Charge it to the credit card. I don't care. Like, I will See, look at prices for anything except food. I Prices are relative for me. It is more of a obviously still ate it so it's not like one of those things where i'm like oh i'm not gonna eat here because they have ten dollar cheesy gordita crunches but at the same time i am going to put quality of food up against the price of food of and course. so at the so it's one of those things where like <sighs> taco bell is bottom of the barrel for me like yes. i i absolutely uh, a talk when i talk about all of my fast food options Taco Bell is always like, even though, go figure, there's now been two instances with you where we were out looking for food and Taco Bell was the option. You but, know I used to work for Taco Bell? No, I am actually very interested in this story now. No, it's like not at Taco Bell, but I used to work uh, for like, a con like I forgot what convention it was, but Taco Bell had like a whole exhibit. And you I did tell me this story, actually. And then also they did another exhibit um, and I wrote the entire script for all of the actors that were acting in the exhibit for Taco Bell. And then I also worked one of their like influencer parties with like the party decorating team. So yeah, I'm very familiar with Taco Bell. I mean, like I have Taco Bell, like had Taco Bell t-shirts and stuff. Taco Bell. And they're not even paying for a sponsorship on this. So um, for as many <laughs> times as they've been mentioned, but they're like, and I'm curious chat, who is like your bottom of the barrel 
fast food. Like if you went to an intersection and they had like every fast food option. I'm talking. There's Wendy's over here. There's McDonald's over here. I would Burger never King here. Subway. Wendy's. Really? Wendy's never. is your. The it's my up. no. I will not eat Wendy's. I will not eat Arby's. Um. Wendy's because I hate their squared meats. I think it's really It's the weird. shape of the meat. Our, yes, it's the shape of the meat. I will not eat a squared meat. And then Arby's, no, because they're always promoting their meats and their meats look disgusting. <laughs> like, what's their slogan again? I forget it. Well, uh, Arby's, we, ha- we have the we meats. We have the meats. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, ew, I don't want your meat. Wait, so first off, we okay, have so to talk Wendy, about- you like Wendy's? Yes, I love Wendy's. Wendy's nuts are in your mouth. <laughs> Get off my show! Get off my show! You're done. You're banned from day after dynamite. Everybody knows Wendy's nuts in your mouth. Get off my fucking show! I'm like, he's not gonna fall for it. And then you did it. I was like, I fucking. We're talking about fast food. Why would I not fall for that? All right. So anyways, I do not eat at Wendy's. Sorry, Wendy's. I will start if they want to sponsor us. Check out after the week every Sunday, by the way, for more antics. But anyway, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with this story. I don't know. That was very expensive when we were at Revolution. Yeah, Revolution. uh, Still had a great time at Revolution. I haven't really got to talk about Revolution. I actually got home. I... uh, and I have watched it in full because uh, my son hadn't seen any of it. He tried to watch it while I was there and was having problems with the Bleacher Report app. And uh, I'm actually still having problems with the Bleacher Report app. We got it to work like just long enough to make it through like half of the Iron Man match. And now it's having problems again. But anyway, so it, once he got... Once he was able to get in, he was like, I haven't seen anything. I don't know what happened, Dad. Can we watch it together? And so I had to re-watch it with him from the perspective of not spoiling anything for him. And uh, he's pretty good at his predictions. I'll give him that. He's he's just, he's very good. And uh, I, I don't know how. Um, the only one he like truly got wrong was the elite he thought they were going to retain. And he not was very bad. disappointed. I know, an right? eight-year-old, Right. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, we sat, we watched the whole thing, and uh, I have had some enjoyable experiences going to pay-per-views. I have. Um, this one, and I'll talk about it, uh, the, the story around it in a little bit, I, there was a bit of a distraction that took me out of the main event, and I'll talk about that here shortly. But for the most part, I recall thinking up until the main event, this was one of my most enjoyable experiences at an AEW pay-per-view. And going back and rewatching it, I definitely feel like this was one of their top tier pay per views for sure. Uh, speaking of top tier individuals, Will Washington. Oh, it's Jeremy. How are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty okay. How are you, Jeremy? I'm well. Denise Salcedo. I was waiting for the part where you run in. I was like, does this come at the start, at the end? Do you switch it up? <laughs> Usually it depends start, on when right? he just sees the notification. Well, it's usually at the start. Sometimes I have I have stepdad things to do after like uh, 3.30 or so. But Will, you know yes. I'm here. I'm here to level up dad day after dynamite. <laughs> I'm here to level it up. How do you level up dad, Will? Mom. All right? Because you cannot have a dad without a mom. So I pitch 
that we rebrand dad to mom and dad. All right? Um, I know you're, like, joking, but I literally actually just recently pitched this to Sean. Like, <laughs> actually. And uh, <laughs> this is a real thing that I'm, like, actually working on. And I'm sitting here going, Jeremy's, like, actually spoiling my thing. What is what does mom stand for for you, Will Washington? Uh, mark out moments, and it's a bonus fightful select podcast that comes after day after dynamite that I literally just pitched to Sean like two weeks ago, and it's a thing I'm like actively working on. Let me tell you what it means <laughs> for day after dynamite, dad and mom. It is the new rating system for dynamite segments, Will Washington. Mom, we have money over moves if the ah. segment draws money instead of being all about the moves mom we have moves over movies sometimes you just do a movie like they you like to use that word in wwe but sometimes it's just all about the moves you know you know what i mean we have money over movies we have movies over moves moves over <laughs> money and movies over money this is how you rate matches and segments here on Dad by using the mom system, Will Washington. You should bring in the mom system. I don't see why not. I <laughs> Jeremy, I appreciate keep, the cleverness. <laughs> I will keep this under advisement, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm sorry for blowing your pitch in the workout moment. <laughs> no one steals that, Will. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's literally a thing I'm personally stealing back from RBR that I did back um, like two years ago. But uh, anyway, and I had a talk with the RBR guys. I was like, hey, are you guys still using this? They're like, not really. I said, okay, it's mine now. Um, and so that was pretty much how that came to be. So are your shows are going to be named after like family members now you're gonna have mom dad pretty soon i mean have like, you not figured out that you're like, gonna have in a year you're gonna have like sister brother are you gonna have step host will step washington host. <laughs> i mean like you might as well just collect all the family members uncle i mean no honestly it has been like a uh i like podcasts that are palindromes when in their initials like rbr or dad or mom or my own initials wrw so I don't know. Uh, anyway, anything else, Jeremy? Not really. I thought I, I spent way too much time on the mom system. <laughs> and that was that was my big bit for this week. How did I Thanks not to... catch those, by the way, uploaded anywhere? Where? Oh, I literally Where... just uploaded them. Okay. I was not going to spoil this, Will. <laughs> this was this was a big moment. I popped on just to upload them. Into okay. This bit. <laughs> I'm like, how did I not catch any of that in? Streamyard, but uh, now I understand them why. right now, so so they never have to see the light of day again. It took me a whole, you know, two minutes to put together. It did take me a good like thirty minutes to think of what goes with mom that I can work into this show, uh, and that was and that was it. Denise Alcedo, nice yes. to see you. I like the way you say my name, though. Okay, so special when you say my name, the way you say it, it's so nice, I, Denise Alcedo. I say it's the name so nice. with such energy. This is how I feel everyone should be greeted. I like to, yeah, to bring I like energy it. to, I like to it. everything. Thank you. Yeah, I get Will Washington. Yes. <laughs> you see, you it like makes you energy. feel special. It does. He gets yeah. Jeremy Lambert. <laughs>
<laughs> right, I gotta bring the the energy to this stuff before I go. One last thing. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Day After Dynamite right here on YouTube.com slash fightful. I love Jeremy. Love Jeremy too. Jeremy's great. Lumber. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Day After Dynamite on YouTube.com slash fightful. Do we get one more? He's probably going to do, I mean, in order to be accurate, he has to to do like six more to be accurate. But uh, otherwise, did you see Tony's Twitter yesterday? He just kept tweeting. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You know, I saw that and I thought they were just coming at different hours because they kept, you know how your feed, sometimes it pops things up like a different time slots. Mm -hmm. No, he just kept tweeting that. It was the same tweet? It, it or something very similar every yeah, couple I did of minutes. See that. Okay. Yeah. I so thought it I was, was maybe just seeing the same tweet over and over. I don't know what I thought. No, you were seeing I thought it was just like a Twitter algorithm thing. Nope. He just he kept <laughs> tweeting it. So that's why I was like, Jeremy has to do that at least like six more times to be accurate. That's um right. but anyway, I've been asked about I'm just waiting on Jeremy to pop back in because I, I see him I see him ready to do it. Okay, fine. Let him do his thing. Anyway, uh, so this is actually the first podcast I've done since Revolution. And uh, I was tagged in a story. Sean Post. (laughs) Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, For audio listeners, that's not going to make any sense, and that's okay. Uh, But... Anyway, so uh, there was a thing that happened. I'll talk a little bit about the, the the scrum, and I will talk a little bit about main event of Dynamite and just kind of what was going through my mind at that moment in time. So everybody saw there was the incident where um, there was a young child and his mom um, during the Iron Man match. MJF makes his way into the crowd. He you know, kind of goes back and forth with fans a bit. And then he grabs a drink out of a mom's hand. And after taking a half a second uh, with the drink, throws it on her kid. And this happened like five feet from me. And so uh, I am like just outside of the camera shot on that. I know a lot of people are wondering, was this a plant? Um, I think if you were watching the show back, and I did watch the show back, uh, it's fairly obvious it wasn't. And you can see that by the fact that the kid is there the entire show. Um, he's actually one of the first people they center on while uh, Judas is being sang. Um, he was actually a really big fan. His mom's a big fan. Uh, and his name is Titus. And uh, he had been there all show, just enjoying the show. So, um, yeah, drink gets poured on the kid or splashed on the kid it wasn't even like a slow pour it was just he threw it very quickly um i don't believe mjf knew what was in that cup um but it was very much tequila um i know that that's all gone around um brian alvarez put it out there uh that that's officially what it was dave Meltzer also said the same thing i was right there and it was and uh i'm not gonna lie i got actually angry in that moment um there is something about there's something about upset black children 
that strikes a nerve with me. And in this particular case, I know there's a lot of people who are defending it. There's a lot of people who are like, look, it's wrestling. You know what you're getting into, especially when you're sitting there. It's AEW, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's all fine and good when it's adults. But I don't think kids truly know what to expect in that uh, in that moment. And, you know, that kid had on all Brian Danielson gear. He had a Brian Danielson shirt on. Like, honestly... I can see what MJF was thinking in that moment, which is that, hey, here's a Brian kid sitting right here and drink like momentary, like just in that moment, like this is great heat. But at the end of the day, like seeing his mom upset, seeing the kid upset, uh, I it I couldn't pay attention to the match after that. I was just sitting there watching the kid and watching his mom just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? For a couple of reasons. One. Tequila at an arena in San Francisco. There's no way that drink was less than thirty dollars, and uh, and like you can see in the moment when he grabs it, her the look on her face was almost like, is he gonna take a sip or something along those lines, or even just dump it out? But I don't think she was expecting because you can almost see an instant change in her reaction where it gets splashed on her kid, and all of a sudden she's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you splash that on my kid?" And uh. And so, yeah, I just in that moment, I was I saw how upset he was and I was I got up and uh, I was like, I just wanted to to calm him down. And I don't know if, if anything was going to work, but I just I got up and I just walked over to a merch table and uh, I wanted to see what I could do in that moment. And I remembered about. 10 minutes prior because it was the match before that he was like going crazy for the acclaimed and he loved the acclaimed. And so I just went up to the table and I asked for a couple of foam fingers and, uh, I took him to the kid, um, and talked to him a little bit, asked him about his favorites and gave him the foam finger. He smiled. He gave me a scissor. His mom smiled. Um, Amanda Huber had come over and, basically sat with him the rest of the show and uh it seemed like everything after that as far as he was concerned was okay i know aw brought him a lot they brought him uh they brought him a signed turnbuckle they brought him a uh all the gear he could ask for and they took him backstage a bunch of wrestlers took pictures with him um he even got one item that uh not my place to say what he got, but if that wrestler wants to tell him what he gave him, it's actually really, really, really cool. And uh, they definitely made up for that. And so um, pretty much everybody went through the process of making that right with the kid. But this is the first time I've gotten to talk about it. But that was pretty much the story of what happened there. You were there. Uh, but the And then, of course, the scrum took place afterward. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I was still like really mad in the scrum um and uh the and you know of course max made his way in you can see the whole video at youtube.com slash denise salcedo if you want uh and he's just berating everybody and you know the funny thing was that this was not the first time he's made his way into a scrum but this was the first time that he sat down for questions and you know the last time he came in with the gold berated everyone and then left and i think a lot of people thought that's what he was going to do here and then he sat down and you could almost 
feel like a giant gulp in the room from people who are like, oh shit, what's happening here? Like, are we about to take questions? Are we about to give questions to MJF? And shout out uh, Liam Crowley, who asked the first question. And, uh, and then MJF looks around and he's like, anybody else? Anybody? And I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> and uh, I asked about the kid. But like in that moment, and I think you could kind of hear it in my voice, I was still legitimately upset. And like you could see when Max, after he answered the question and he turns and he goes, Will, you look pissed. Like, cause I fucking was. I was like legitimately pissed about this kid. And then, of course, there was the whole exchange about my, my memory and things about along those lines. I told MJF after the fact that, uh, we because he was like do you know my birthday and i was like no i don't know your birthday actually i did know his fucking birthday it's march 15th it's the same day as my wife's birthday and i actually did know that but i told him afterward i was like i was not going to give you the satisfaction um but the i think it would have been funny had you told him that like in that moment hey your birthday's march 15th no i couldn't give him the satisfaction i was like no, no i, I thought care. it would have been funny because he would have been like what the fuck you know how do you know all this stuff and yeah. i think it, it would have actually been very hilarious yeah, that's the thing my, my wife and I share is that. So she has her birthday is March 15th, same day as MJF's. Mine's October 26th, same day as CM Punk's. Uh, but... Oh, damn. <laughs> so that that is an actual thing. But for real, I was not going to give. Just in that moment, I was like legitimately mad about the thing with that kid. And like, honestly, um, I saw Scorpio Skies tweet about the whole thing. I actually like agree with what Scorpio Skies say about it. Like, I think people who are looking at it from the perspective of, oh, it's just a heel. That's what a heel does. It's just heat. I think there has to be a line somewhere. Um, and I think that in that moment, like I said, it's obviously wrestling is a very momentary thing. It's live. There's no take backs once you've done something. And I can see in the moment what the thought was. Um, I don't think it was like highly premeditated. I think it was seeing an opportunity and going for it. But in hindsight, I think whew, that to me was a mistake and I would not have done that. It's definitely the dad in you, Will. You can it see is it. It's the, the dad, dad in me. me. You yes. saw it. You didn't like it. You were like, I'm going to do something about <laughs> it and go from there. And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it's crazy about that. So I posted that clip of you asking that question on TikTok. You know, it got flagged by TikTok as insens uh, insensitive material. So you can still watch the video. But you um, can actually like it's it's basically like blurred out. And I don't really know if the reason might be, be I was thinking maybe it's because MJF is bloody. But check this out. So this is my TikTok page. So you see how MJF is. I have other MJF clips that are he, him being bloodied up. And this one right here in the middle that you can't see. That one is the one about the drink with the kid and the clip of his reaction to that. So I first thought, oh, maybe it's being um, uh, considered insensitive material because of MJF being all bloodied up. But then I'm like, OK, I have like four other clips with MJF being bloodied up and those are not marked insensitive. But TikTok did indeed mark this video um, as not as sensitive content that you have to basically be warned to actually watch. That's really interesting. Yeah, because um, at cause... first I thought, oh, shit, like what? So I don't know if maybe viewers saw it and then marked the video as like insensitive. I'm, I'm not sure if it was a TikTok thing or like a viewers thing. Um, and uh, but yeah, it did get marked insensitive on TikTok. So there That's you go. That's crazy. Um... It didn't get marked not like that, like on YouTube or anything, but TikTok for sure. 
that's still really, really interesting. I'd be curious as to why that is. Uh, I do want folks to definitely make sure that, uh, can't believe I didn't mention this, <clears throat> with this being Day After Dynamite, send us your super chats and your humper chats. Uh, YouTube.com slash Fightful is the way to get us uh, your super chats. And then you can send us your humper chats at humperchats.com. We'll start with a super chat from Arduit who says, Hobbs has gold, all is right with the world. I'm not complaining about it or anything. The end result is good. Just wonder why they went the route they did. Either way, Hobbs champ till 2025. Uh, Glassdoor Gamer, something along those lines as well, says, uh, happy for Hobbs. I feel like Wardlow was over in large part due to MJF. Do you think they turn him? It's hard to be a babyface without good mic work. Um, that is a very interesting question. I I can see why you might see things that way. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull up the Humper Chats as well because I realized I wasn't logged into those. And... Well, here's the thing about this, like I and I know we're going to get into Hobbs a lot more, but in terms of I like to me, you know, the the Wardlow situation, it really was after that double or nothing and everything that went down with the MJF. It is very hard to deny that that is not part of the reason why Wardlow was over. But I think Wardlow is over for a multitude of reasons. Well, one, he's Wardlow and people were interested in him. And people were, uh, you know, it was such a long build leading up to the breakup and the turn of Wardlow eventually turning on MJF. You know, you had all of these little things that like were dick moves that MJF would do to Wardlow. So obviously you're going to get on Wardlow's side and be like, when is he finally going to turn on MJF? And when the whole story went down that, you know, he had left and this and that and everything that was reported during Double or nothing weekend and a lot of us didn't know for sure hey is mjf actually going to come out is he actually going to be there and so when uh wardlow came out it was one of those things where i think people wanted to cheer for wardlow given like all of the bs that was going around and you were thinking like damn is wardlow really not going to get his match against mjf is this really not going to happen and then the way that wardlow so dominantly beat mjf how could you not react to any of that and even his uh at revolution when the whole turn happened and everything that went down there he got a great reaction so what you had here was like this peak of you know really just so much and everything playing out for Wardlow and then after that it just all pretty much went away so while I do not think that Wardlow was over just because of MJF I would say that a lot of that contributed to that and I don't think that I, I, have, I have felt this way for a long time. I don't think AEW successfully capitalized on uh, the hype and all the buzz that Wardlow was part of uh, during uh, that time period. I think a big thing for me, too, is I hate to say it, but I think that the TNT title exposed Wardlow a bit. And, uh, and what I mean by that is that one of the things that I think fans came to expect out of the TNT title was and love out of the TNT title, especially when a babyface has it, is the open challenge format. Cody really perfected that, came out, accepted challenges from everybody. You got like these weekly great matches. And then Darby became really known for that and doing these weekly great matches. And I think the problem for Wardlow came from the fact that what got Wardlow over was these quick squashes, the powerbomb symphony, all of that stuff. People were really into that. And I think once you put the TNT title on him and kind of kind of levied this expectation of, okay, well, now the TNT champion's got to be a fighting champion because that's what we've come to expect from babyface who have this belt. But Wardlow, on the other hand, has kind of only been giving us these squash-type matches with the Powerbomb Symphony. I think the two almost didn't really compute. And I think at, at, in the end, it ended up 
devaluing his reign because we weren't really getting the things out of his reign that we've gotten out of previous TNT champions. And uh, that was a shame. That was why I asked in the press conference, my question was, what can you do differently to stop this reign from petering out the way the previous one did? And, uh, well, the answer to that ended up being, there wasn't going to be a reign. Um, and he did say, by the way, he was like, I'm still hot. <laughs> he did. That was a good response. I appreciated that. Uh, Brady Thomo uh, says, for Day After Dynamite, tired of seeing Jay Lethal every week. I don't understand why he is spotlighted so often and continues to be given title shots despite rarely winning matches. And without the rest of his group, he is even more unwatchable. Uh, you know, it's so funny because... Do you remember after Jay Lethal signed and like a few months in, there was all of this talk of like, why aren't they using Jay Lethal? Where's Jay Lethal? How come Jay Lethal's not on TV? And I know these aren't the same people, but it is interesting to me that they can't seem to win when it comes to Jay Lethal. If he wasn't, when he wasn't being used, it was, well, why'd you sign him? Why is he even on TV or why isn't he on TV? Now he does get a lot on TV because of the fact that AEW does a little bit of cycling when it comes to talent. And he's been there fairly often. And the fact that I know last night was more of like a strategic thing. Tony Khan was looking at the numbers because the last Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy match did big numbers for them. So they wanted to run the rematch back. And it's true, they were one and one. Uh, but either way, I don't know. There's, there's talent that's going to be for you. There's talent that's not. Right. And here's the thing with Jay Lethal is that I'll... I get what people say in terms of like the like to me I most like Jay Lethal when he's actually in a match and wrestling and everything else that Jay Lethal has done could be kind of easily forgettable like nothing really uh you know stands out honestly so for me I almost feel like my theory is that the people that that uh maybe are like 50-50 on Jay Lethal I think they forget I think people forget that when he's in the ring, you know, he can have good matches and it's very entertaining, but you forget because of all of the stuff in between is so forgettable. Yeah. Well, either way, it could get worse depending on how next week goes. Uh, Pablo okay. says, good afternoon, Will and Denise. Been a while since I've been able to watch live. Will, how does it feel to verbally receive your journal journalist certification from the best in the world, MJF? And Denise, how does it feel to verbally receive... Well, you know. <laughs> I have a great time at this stuff, man. Uh, hey, where's my foam finger, Will? I don't know. What did I you get? Got, besides the... I got, I got <laughs> shit from MJF. Where's my foam finger? <laughs> right here. No, all right. Um, so the... This show has gone off the rails already. Uh, yes, it's great. Um, so... I, it's fine. I I appreciated that. I I wasn't expecting any of that at all. And uh, by the end of it, you know, it's one of those things you open your phone and you get the little Twitter 20 plus, like you can't even see how many notifications you have because at that point it's it's gone off the rails. I don't think I've seen all of them. I couldn't. There's no you way. Can't. I can't. There's no, no way. There was no way. So uh, thank you to everybody, though, who had anything to say whether it was kind words or you were giving me shit because that's the thing that we get for these but that's media the thing though will and i tell you this all the time is you gotta ignore the bad stuff like i there's i feel like you get so much positive stuff but then sometimes you see the bad stuff and you're like you know focusing in on that but you have to like just let it go let it yeah. go 
I mean, look, I I made a declaration this weekend, and I maybe broke it this morning because I had a joke. But uh, other than that, this weekend, I have kind of a new philosophy, social media-wise. Um, Are you finally going to take my advice? I've been hounding mostly, you mostly, at mostly. This, okay. like, since I met you. I know, right? Okay, this current philosophy, and I'm sticking by it. I've enjoyed it these last few days. But, uh, you know, because we had a really good time at the, uh, the bowling event. We had a really good time at West Coast Pro. Shout out West Coast Pro. Lita was there. Like, it was a really, really good time um, at West Coast Pro. And I think they put on a really good show. Uh, that said, and it was weird because there were also so many AEW talents hanging out there. And so it was like, there's one half of the Raw Tag Team, or Raw Tag, Women's Tag Team Champions. And then also all this AEW talent. Uh, but on top of all of that, just the experiences with, uh, wrestling fans is always positive and it's always fucking positive. And, uh, even when people have jokes, it's always, it, it's always a good kind experience that I've always had publicly. And so my philosophy, social media wise is simply this, and this goes to anybody watching this. If you wouldn't say it in person, you will not get acknowledged by me, period. If it's not something you would do or say in person, I'm not going to acknowledge it. You say it in a tweet, it's a cop-out. You say it on the street, it's a knockout. <laughs> Words by Taylor Swift. You're welcome. Of course. Uh, but you think I came up with that by myself? <laughs> no, but it's I mean, true, Look, though. I would have given you credit for true. it. true. It, mm -hmm. It's definitely true. When it comes down to this, uh, I've never had a negative experience where someone came up to me and said, you know what, Denise, fuck you for your thoughts on this, this and that. No, this stuff only ever happens on uh, social media. And nobody acts like that in real life. In real life, it's like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, great show, blah, blah, blah. But you never get anything negative like that. It but even so, like I've had disagreements in person, like plenty, right? Like I've had plenty of times where somebody said, "Hey, you know that thing you said on the show?" Like I actually don't agree with that, and like we've talked about it, right? And that's how I feel no like gonna get hurt. I'm not gonna. Well, are you gonna get hurt if someone goes up to you and goes, "You know what? I didn't appreciate what you said about you know whatever." No. You're not gonna get hurt if someone doesn't agree with your wrestling opinion, right? And so that's how I look at it is. If you wouldn't say it in person, that's not to say that I won't, you know, handle disagreements because I have disagreements all the time. I have disagreements in person. But in general, um, troll activity is just not going to be dealt with. Like at the end of the day, if you wouldn't do it in person, if you wouldn't say it in person, then I'm not going to bother. And that's that's that. Uh, so I want to talk about a couple more Super Chats and then we are going to get into a story that I know a lot of people are here for. Christopher says, if Hobbs is going to win the TNT title, should Wardlow just lose to Joe? Why have Wardlow win TNT if just going to lose it like in, or in like three days? I've seen that sentiment a lot. Bro, I just realized that under my name you had Tijerame Papiculo. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to notice that. I just that. noticed it right now. <laughs> Okay, sorry. It it's was been like, there the whole show. Really? It took yes. me 37 minutes to notice that. <laughs> the okay, entire show. On. I thought you were gonna notice it in the opening, but no. you didn't no, you didn't even notice it then. It's great. Attention to detail, not on the resume. Uh Jose says, hearing this as uh Denise looks all chola. Everyone always says I look like that, by the way, whenever I have my bun up and hoops. Not going to say anything. 
it's like if you tell me this and you're like Latino, I'll take it. But if you're like non-Latino and you're calling me like a chola, that's totally offensive. But if you're if you're, I almost like, didn't want to read it, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no, but if you're Latino, it's fine to say that. But I've had some people that will throw that comment out there. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but that's a little bit, you know, inappropriate. But I can tell when it's somebody that is Latino. When it's Latino, I feel like it's, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's fine. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Definitely. Yeah, There's yeah. Certain things I'll take from other black people that I will not take from anybody. Right, else. there Mar you go. Marco says, we'll be like, you're banned from Day After Dynamite. You and your children and your children's children. For three months. Simpsons reference. I was going to say, this I don't get it. Do. Why are you banning people? The, it, it was for you, for your Wendy's joke. But, oh, uh, okay. But that was a Simpsons reference. Uh, Uriel says, uh, let's go. The pro wrestling podcast dynamic duo. Thank you. Always appreciate that. Uh, Ray Slaver says, Wendy's has the best fast food breakfast of any fast food place. Fucking agree. Look, man. Okay, so. No, yes, no, yes, no. yeah, yes, There's they do. good breakfast in so many places. The And Wendy's beats them all. I didn't think so until... Um, when did I realize it was after it's always, there's always a wrestling story, right? It was after Grand Slam. And so Grand Slam, I had to be at the airport. I think my plane left at like 5 a.m. So I had to be at the airport super early, walked around the airport. Only thing open is Wendy's. And I get myself the uh, what is it? Their, their breakfast chicken sandwich. And let me tell you. That shit is fucking amazing. And not only is it fucking amazing, but um, I'm because sorry, it, but I can't have chicken for breakfast. That's not a breakfast item. It is when it's I'm Wendy's. I'm already docking you points there, Will. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it is. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's really, really good. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to pull it up right now to have. No, uh, okay. To make so my when point. it comes to like great breakfast items, oh, there's a lot actually. There's a lot. I get yeah, from like every place. It's the uh, the chicken bacon croissant uh, that they have in the mornings. And the croissant itself is so like, it's like a honey dipped croissant. And like your fingers are going to smell like it all day. And uh, it's it's my favorite. It's my favorite fast food breakfast item. I agree with you, Ray. Wendy's gets it done for breakfast. I'm still not going to go to Wendy's. <laughs> JK says, after the week is today, what's going on, Denise? <laughs> We just decided to end the week early. Um, Dreddy says, righteous, <laughs> righteous Reg booing MJF was my markout moment. I agree, Dude, Reg. me and Reg were freaking trolling you so hard at Jack in the Box. <laughs> yes. We freaking tag team on you. <laughs> we went to Jack in the Box afterwards, speaking of uh, <laughs> middle of the road fast food. Um, let's see, a new rag. I like, I like their, their uh, sausage grande burrito, but without the sausage. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I have all of the questions, Denise. What are we doing here? I just don't trust meat. <laughs> so I take out the sausage. And I have the grande sausage burrito, but without the sausage. But like everything else we've talked about has meat. Why don't you trust that specific one? I don't know. I just don't like specific meats. Okay. I'm very particular with the meat I eat and where I eat it and all of that. It's because you just never know. Like, has it ever happened to you where, like, you're all, like, you're enjoying your food and it's good and then you bite a piece of meat or a piece of chicken and then you see something, like, weird in it and you're like, bleh. 
No. Okay, I well, it has happened food. to me, and I will stop eating it. Apparently so. <laughs> uh, Anurag says, uh, half that Brian segment on Dynamite hit me in the feels, and that Iron Man match was fire, match of the year for me. Brian gave MJF a lot. Brian didn't do a lot of his moves. Um, that's actually true. There's a lot that Brian didn't do in that match. Uh, let's see. Reggie Simmons says, just saying what's up to the crew. Appreciate you. And, uh, oh, they were saying one of two. I get it now. He says, like, Stomps, um, Romero, etc. MJF was banged up. AEW needs to follow up or focus on their follow-up. Dynamite was mid, but excited for next week. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, Dynamite being mid. Um, Jennifer says, uh, bless you for always being amazing, Will. Hey, Denise, so happy you were here. Looking great as always. And Chad says, uh, I need Jade versus Nicole Matthews next week. We also got Just Need Brian as AEW champion before his contract is up. That would be great. I would love that, but... And our best friends on the shelf for a bit. Seems weird that they aren't being used as much anymore. Uh, I don't know. Izzy says, standing ovation for you, Will. Uh, Revolution, 10 out of 10. Uh, Will for Revolution, 10 out of 10 human being. You are what we all should aspire to be. Um, I don't no, know well, about all that. a little too perfect. Okay? No, I don't they know about all of this, that. Right? <laughs> this is the same argument we've had on ATW where I'm like, you're living like the perfect life. You're like, I wake up and make my breakfast for the kids. And I'm like, hate you, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk. You're saving the kids, bringing happiness. Uh, all right, I want to talk about this Hobbs story. So I tweeted uh, last night about, right after Hobbs won, I said, would you be surprised about how long this has been the plan? Denise, if I said to you this has been the plan for a long time, what does a long time look like to you? Um, wrestling standards, AW standards, I would adjust it to maybe two to three months. This has been the plan for this exact week for him to win the championship for six months. Um, that I can tell you that people close to Hobbs and uh, people around the booking of all of that were informed that Hobbs was going to be winning the championship the week of revolution. Now, I think what the original plan was, was that he was going to win the um, the brass ring at Revolution and then win it, uh, the title, immediately after. But as far as everything going for this specific week, all of this has been in place since at least early September. So let me ask you a question. When you say all of this, are you specifically just talking about him winning the TNT Championship or are you also including the QT stuff? And the QT stuff. And the QT stuff. And the QT stuff. Um, the only thing that I can't confirm was all of the title changes in between. I know that they had a plan for a very long time that Revolution, from, pretty much from the moment they uh, locked in Revolution for San Francisco, which is Powerhouse Hobbs' hometown, this has been the plan. Um, and this was what's been in place for a very, very long time that they knew no matter what happens at Revolution, powerhouse Hobbs wins face of the revolution. That's why I've been making that prediction for as long as I have, where I've been saying powerhouse Hobbs is going to win the face of the revolution ladder match. And then he's going to, I thought he was going to beat Darby for it. When Darby won the title, I thought that was the direction they were going because he needed a stronger baby face to beat. That's honestly, if, if they were holding on to Darby, I know Darby's out filming a show right now. 
Um, but had Darby been able to stick around, that's where I thought they were going with it was he was going to hold the belt till revolution. And then, um, Hobbs would beat him this week for that belt. Uh, so all well, of the changes, given all of the book of Hobbs stuff. I feel like mm -hmm. that was, that's, I feel pretty falls, falls in line with your whole thing about the six yeah. months. Cause you were starting to see those changes, uh, not just like everything that he did with Wardlow and Samoa Joe, but additionally the book of Hobbs and just overall, like the changes even in himself. Well, even prior to that, there's a reason that he beat Starks in such quick fashion at All Out. Now, that match was supposed to go longer. That match, they basically ran short on that match. Uh, but even still, it wasn't going to go that much longer. He did beat Starks, um, and he beat him super clean. And then in the rematch, Starks won. But that match, Denise, was unsanctioned. That wasn't supposed to count. So as far as we're concerned, when is the last time like Hobbs has lost like that? And so he was really kept protected for a while i'm not sure where the joe stuff came into play and why they pivoted to joe for a little while because i know that um my understanding was that wardlow was just going to hold on to the belt and then hops was just going to beat him at revolution and then when they pivoted I think there was some doubt that the Hobbs stuff was either, ever even going to happen because it's like, okay, how can Hobbs now win the title at Revolution if Joe's got the belt now? And then it was, okay, now Darby's got the belt now. So it's like, okay, so now there's now a path to Hobbs at Revolution. Everything was always leading to Hobbs' Revolution. And then it was like, okay, now Joe's got the belt back. How do we get to Hobbs at Revolution was still the question. And then Wardlow wins the belt back. And then it was like, okay, now we know how we're getting there. So this has been in the works a very, very, very long time. Uh, and some already noted and noticed, uh, if there's a tweet on Twitter, um, no, remembering that on an episode of Rampage, uh, Hobbs had helped out QT Marshall uh, with Ricky Starks, and QT Marshall said, I owe you one. And this was back in September. This was how long that all of this was in the works and how long they were planning on following up on all of that and aligning the two of them and making this a thing. It's been a long time. Now, whether or not you agree that it's the right call, because a lot of people were in my mentions talking about, um, oh, well, Will, why are you defending this? I didn't, I'm not defending anything. I'm just telling you this was in the works for a long time. That's it. Right. I think like that was the thing for me too, where, you know, we were all knowing and that we, I think for the most part, a lot of people knew that, Hey, Ward, I mean, that powerhouse hops was going to, uh, you know, be winning this match. And I think that's pretty much the direction most people wanted it to go in and all of that, because like, truthfully, like I remember when, you know, uh, when this was announced that, you know, when we found out that he had won the face of the revolution and he would go on to face either Samoa Joe or Wardlow instantly, I'm like, okay, well, there's, you know, two options that you can really go in here. You either have him defeat Samoa Joe or you give the bout to Wardlow and have Wardlow lose the bout pretty soon and have Hobbs get the title right after like this the with the challenge I feel like at no point did I expect Wardlow to be a champion for a long time like for me it was kind of like okay we've been through that I'm over and done with that let's move on to something new what do I want that's new it's Hobbs right mm -hmm. so for me it was one of those things where uh I just really thought that he was like it, it was the right decision so we all kind of wanted it with that being said, I kind of felt like the ending with QT coming in and helping him out, I was like, I didn't really feel like that was needed. I didn't feel that Hobbs needed that because he's been 
uh, you know, this dominant guy. He's been dominant. So why would I want to see him be assisted by somebody else to get the win? Like you could have still done the partnership. That's perfectly fine. But I just don't necessarily feel like it was the right call to have him have to assist him in getting the victory. Like I get it for the story purposes, but I'm just not like I wasn't in love with the idea of QT having to help him out with it. I think I would have been happier with maybe just the interference, but not the assist with the power bomb. Yes, um, yes, I think exactly. That, that I think that's where it kind of took some credibility away from uh, from the ending in a way where I I wasn't a fan of how that played out. Uh, but like I said, um, I'm happy that Hobbs got the belt. Uh, I've been wanting to see powerhouse Hobbs pushed for a while, and seeing it play out. But just seeing it happen, just seeing him with the belt, uh, the promo he cut afterwards, told the audience, kiss my black ass. I liked all of that. I thought this was great. Uh, Dude worked for it, man. Dude worked for it. He fucking busted his butt. And you can tell Mm. in the changes in the physique, man. Yeah, absolutely. He looks amazing. He got himself in the right shape for this. Uh, And he got to do it in his hometown. Um, well, he got to win the the ring in his hometown, and then he got to win the belt in Sacramento, and then he got to diss Sacramento and remind them that uh, you know he called the, the the Sacramento Kings the Queens and uh, and all that jazz. So either way, so that's Will, my story. Will are you? What are you expecting from QTV in terms of like? How are we tying? Because I went on the website and the website was pretty much supposed to be like a dirt sheet type of thing. Like I know. <laughs> How is this all tying in? Well, so you know how um, Wardlow's car was broken into, and yes, none of us, yes. and you know that happened so much in San Francisco. None Bro, of us. I thought even, that was legit. I'm, I'm I even, know. And I'll ask you this question because I know you most likely know this. Was this always a work, or was this something that was turned into a work? So, I think as of right now, I think it was in hindsight always a work. Um, but I think that it was one of those things where, uh, of course, smash and grabs are a thing that we have been, we were all warned about as far as traveling to San Francisco. Literally, everybody's tweeting about it. They're like, hey, keep your stuff out of your car in the San Francisco area, in the Bay Area. Everybody's, uh, you know, if you leave it in there for all of 20 seconds, you're going to have your stuff stolen. And so when it happened to Wardlow, my immediate thought was, of course, we keep seeing this kind of stuff happening. Like literally it happened to my wife last time she traveled. Uh, she had her laptop and her backpack stolen out of her car. And she went into Starbucks for all of two minutes to get her coffee. She had uh, she had pre-ordered. And literally in the time that she walked in to pick up her order, her car got smashed into. So like I, I was, I don't know if you noticed, but every time I got out of the car, um, I like made sure everything was out. Uh, no. I I did not want anything in our car as we were traveling around uh, San Francisco. So that story sounded so plausible, didn't even consider that it could possibly be a work, right? And then with QT Marshall now tweeting that, uh, oh, stay tuned to QTV next week. And now thinking, is there about to be footage of this? Is there about to be footage of them? Because you notice he didn't have the title to start the match. But when QT attacked uh Wardlow in the match he did have the title and so was is that the story this whole time is that exactly what they were going for I don't know but it kind of feels like it well if it did it totally worked man because (laughs) I fucking fell for that like hook line and sinker for sure yes I I did too 
uh let's see glass door gamer says i saw people complaining about ricky versus juice on twitter juice robinson is going to have epic promo battles with ricky I hope so. Orion Ben six 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 says, like I said, Denise's uh, Denise's Cindy McPherson swinging bats. Uh, we got Hala Hala Basana says, I'm going to repeat online what I said to you in person and see how it goes. Uh, oh, because he had a mask on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you, How would you read that? Murph, Murph, Murph. <laughs> I say Murph. Yes, uh, like, that was great. Murph. Uh, and let's see. Uh, we got Rochambeau says, Soraya wants to chat with Jade. Jade challenges uh, Natalia. WWE, any word on her Canadian opponent? I want Taya. Um, I, I don't know who the Canadian opponent's going Me to be. Me either. But, uh, I, I know everyone's thinking of Taya, but Taya's tied up right now with Impact. I, I mean, and I'm not saying it's not possible, but I just don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel too, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Ray says, the breakfast Baconator is the greatest thing ever. Who has that one, the breakfast Baconator? It's Wendy's. Um, I'm still not going to go to Wendy's. Uh, Glassdoor Gamer says, QT going after IWC journalists. Watch out, guys. I mean, I, the QT is going to go after every, everybody. I've tried to warn people for years that I think he has alerts turned on for the words QT and Marshall in the same tweet. And he will find your tweet. You don't have to tag him. I'm just going to tweet QT Marshall. Just it. <laughs> That's it. QT Marshall. Go ahead. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that he, he'll at least like it, uh, but he sees everything that involves his name. Every time. There was something where I remember I had tweeted a... What if you tweet that Marshall is a QT? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Probably coming up with some stupid <laughs> shit. I mean, like, I mean, because I figure he can't have it turned on for QT because that stands for quote tweet, right? So, like, yeah. and people quote tweet all day long. There's no way in hell. But I guess yeah. if you did, like, quote tweet somebody named Marshall, um, I'd be curious to see how that plays out. No, yeah. but it's not like people write, oh, I guess what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes when they're describing a QT, you could say, yeah, hey, you just QT'd Marshall there. Uh, or something along those lines. I don't oh, know. you're such a QT. <laughs> <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. 
That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, G-Bro says, Hobbs champion? Great. Uh, last minute stip? Lazy. I love the stipulation. Are you kidding me? I thought it was better than any, like, I thought it was a better option, a better alternative. I was a fan. Um, I mean, again, I think that... All of it kind of played up interestingly because uh, the story, of course, being that I would think it's a lot smarter if all of this did turn out to be a work, thinking about the idea that Wardlow didn't have his uh, his gear, so therefore they had to make it a false count anywhere match because ultimately he's in street clothes anyway, so let's have a street fight. And I thought about that, and I thought, now come on, they have a seamstress behind the scenes. Like I know he wouldn't have had his normal gear, but they could have had something whipped up. How fast quickly. can you make Wardlow's gear though? Hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm they would have had a day's. They would have had a day's notice. I think at least on that day's notice, they would. I mean, have. you could probably have like a little, you know basic one done right yeah that's what i'm saying maybe something basic because like we've seen we've seen people have their gear stolen before um as a matter of fact famously there's an episode of raw that i want to say was in may of was it 2000 the one where and- Rhea was wearing damien priest's pants or something oh i'm going way further back than that oh, i'm going I'm back sorry going back 15 <laughs> I years forgot, you have the best memory will <laughs> Uh, I want to say it was June of 2000, or May of 2008, though. Um, let me see, to be exact. Uh, but yeah, either way. About? Uh, either It was John Cena. So John Cena actually had his gear, uh, it, he had his luggage missing. And so he ends up wearing, like, just this really generic pair of shorts that they clearly, like, just went to, like, I think I remember reading they went to a Macy's and just found, like, the first pair of jean shorts they could find and got that him hard to find. <laughs> right. And just, like, got him any sneakers they could. And then uh, everything else was just gear off the shelves. Uh, but John Cena specifically didn't have his gear. And it, it was a match with Jeff Hardy. And a fan ran in on that wow. match. Uh, but I do remember that. It happens all the time. Literally, wrestlers, their stuff turns up missing. And at that point, they've got to do something. Cena's one of the easier ones because he wrestled in jean shorts. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, would be I, the hardest one. Like, whose gear do you think would just be like impossible? Oh, uh, I mean, who has like super complicated gear like that? Like, I feel there's kind of a few people where like they have like accessories, mm-hmm. but they don't like, wrestle with the accessories though, so you can always like de-accessorize. Uh, because For example, I honestly like if Gold just lost his bodysuit. It's not oh, like be, you can go find that, right? Right. Um, and he could probably just wrestle in jeans and a t-shirt. Exactly. But, but there like, you go. Like, that would be harder to, like, get something that looks like it. <laughs> but, like, I guess in the moment, what would you do for Jade Cargill? Because her gear is usually really unique in in that moment. Yeah, but here's the thing about Jade, though, is because, like, her thing is, like, she's super fashionable. There's, like, so many alternatives for women where, yeah, it won't be gear necessarily, but she can find something to make people think it is gear because, you know, I've seen the women's clothes. Like, they sell things that could kind of look like gear so you can fool the people. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah. um, but not for like a big show, like a, just a dynamite or something or a rampage. Okay, yeah, you can fool people and go to the mall and find something, but not for a big show. Yeah, Penelope Ford recently had to do that too. She had uh, a gear mishap and she had to just like wear stuff that she bought at like Forever 21. Um, the Let's see, we got another super chat here that says, uh, I went and saw Revolution at the theater and I got to tell you, uh, if you can't be at the event, uh, nothing beats a massive TV watching wrestling. Shout out to <laughs> middle of the week with Will and Stop Denise. it. I just got it. Also, my husband, he does that all the time. He goes does to he the really? shows at the theaters, but he doesn't anymore, though. He used to, but he stopped because they raised the prices. So he says now, so before he used to get his ticket and food at the theater, and it would still be less than the pay-per-view. But now, because the tickets went up at the theater, uh, he's pretty much better off now just watching at home. But he has done it, like, at least, like, five times that I know of where he's gone to the theater. Although there was one match where they fucked up, and, like, I forgot which one it was, but the second it was, like, one, two, three, the freaking theater went off, and, like, they turned it off because I guess whoever thought, like, oh, that's the end of the show, one, two, three, he won the end of the show. So they refunded everybody their money for that one. And I forgot which AEW show it was, but that did happen. And people The were only one I could pissed. think of that that would that people would be that pissed for is I think like it was the hangman match when he defeated Kenny Omega. Okay. I think that's the one that it happened in. But I feel like because if it was like all out at 2021 where no, like Kenny beat Christian and one. they and they would have missed all of the Adam Cole and I Brian think it stuff. was the hangman one. Okay. Oh that's interesting because you didn't miss much afterward. It was just the hangman promo. I think but, I'm pretty sure it was that one. I don't okay. remember, but I just remember him telling me that he did. Everybody got a refund, though, which was good because he still watched the whole pay-per-view and didn't have to pay for anything if you got your refund. Uh, let's see. Shot Kid says, I feel history is going to be kind to QT Marshall. Guy is the most underappreciated member of the AEW roster and powerhouse is TNT champion. So all is as it should be. I mean, all is well that ends well. Like I, I I will say that um look, I did the the Powerhouse Hobbs theme on the AEW album and it's one of those songs that I still like play on the regular just because I'm really proud of it. Um Wait, you did out. the Powerhouse Hobbs theme? The the one on the album, not his actual theme. Oh, okay, um, okay, okay. The, I'd let you hear that, like as I was working on it. Um, no, but, but you know me. I have short term memory. We're polar <laughs> like, opposite, Will. You I remember know, right? everything, and me, I'm short term memory. We'd like sat in your car and listened to it, like an unfinished version of it. I can't believe you don't remember this in Los Angeles. But anyway. Um, Hi, so... I'm Dory. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> something, something, Wallaby Avenue, <laughs> Sydney, Australia. I actually just watched the movie last week. I uh, bet you you remember the address. What's the address, Will? I actually don't remember the address. Oh, wow. I'm disappointed. Well, and I bet you the chat would, too. But uh, <laughs> It's something something Wallaby Avenue, Sydney, Australia, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, what the hell? I bet you if I turn to the chat, they all know it right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so... The no, so that I'm just I'm proud of him. I'm proud to see that happen, and uh, I think it's really cool for Hobbs to be champion. And kind of last thing, and then we're gonna just power through the results of the show because there's not much to uh, to discuss there. And like I said, specifically, I'm referring to the song that's on because I see the chat that's like, "Will produce Hobbs' theme," not the one he uses on TV. Me the too, one... bro. I was about to give you some flowers <laughs> yeah. right now, but I, no, to, I need to re-listen to the other the, one. The one yeah. off of the uh, the Who We Are album. I did that one. Uh, I did the instrumental on it, and I put the whole song together basically. Uh, that that was 
uh, Reg does the first verse on it. Graham from Public Enemies does the second verse on it. And it's funny, that second verse, the way that came about was... So it was originally just going to be Reg on the song, because Reg and Powerhouse Hobbs are, are close friends. And, uh, and so that was done. All was good there. And then I submitted the song to Mikey, and we both had the same thought. Like, something's missing. It just doesn't feel complete. And so uh, uh, Hobbs, uh, no, so Mikey goes, I, I'm pretty sure I can get uh, somebody to do another verse on the song. And I thought, no, let me go. Let, let me handle this. I got somebody. And I just slid into Graham's DMs. And I asked him if he was interested in doing the second verse on this song, which I think the second verse, I mean, no offense to Reg, and Reg said the same thing. He kills it. Like, Graham completely slaughters that entire song. Reg says, you know, he was like, of course he did because he heard it beforehand. So, like, he knew what to add to it. But either way, Graham did a great job on that. I think the song came around. Did uh, It came along really, really well. And then, little secret out there, I also put out a second version of the song. The version that's on the CD version. If you have a physical copy of that AEW Who We Are CD. You have a different copy of that song than the one that's on streaming services. Because there was a little thing I wasn't happy with. And remember, they did the physical release of it first, and then they did the digital later. And I asked Mikey, probably, uh, I think, three days before the physical, or before the digital release was coming. It's like, hey, I want to make a modification to the song. Can I do that? And he goes, if you can get it to me before 10 o'clock tonight, yes. And so I submitted it to him. He changed it out. So if you have the physical version, you have a different version of that song. Fun story. Uh, Meet Normus says, what's good, everyone? I'm willing to wait and see with Will Hobbs' TNT title run. Clean pins and no QTV interference are preferable, but happy to see the big homie get some gold. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I think, oh, and also Izzy says it's P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Way. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way. <laughs> P. Sherman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I was close. I was close. I knew it was Wallaby Way. Yeah. You know what, Will? I'm disappointed in you. You should have had the answer. I know. I should have. I've only actually seen that movie twice. And one of them was like two weeks ago. And the first See, that's time. that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. And the first time was when it came out in 2003. And so. I love that's that it. movie, though. Finding Nemo, that's what's up. Finding Nemo is very good, yes. Uh, and Anurag says, uh, Having awesome Brian and Elite matches elevated Dynamite in January through February. The shows were so much better with them wrestling. Mox wrestling undermined the pay-per-view match. Oh, I see what you mean because, you know, they did take so much pain and then, you know, there he is out there again and whatnot. How did you feel about that, Will? The fact that we're still kind of not just continuing, you know, the hangman, uh, hangman Moxley situation, but obviously now they're incorporating, uh, you know, more of the Dark Order and this and that. But it's not like over, over yet. Uh, hmm. Because I kind of thought, okay, good, they're finished, something else now. And then we kind of circled back to it. So I was like, okay. I mean, I don't uh, hate it, but it does kind of feel like with the way that things happened at Revolution, I think that should have been like, you know, tie a nice little bow around it and let's press on. I think, all right, let's let's talk about the the show itself. 
um, and kind of speeding through the results. So the show opened, of course, um, and I don't have the results in front of me, so I'm just going to try and do this from memory. But uh, it opened with Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal um, for the All-Atlantic Championship, which turned out to be the final defense of the AEW All-Atlantic Championship as uh, they're getting a new name for the belt. Uh, Tony Khan announced later in the show, Fightful Select reported earlier today that that belt has actually been in the works for a long time, that they were just really waiting for this week to do it because they wanted to tie it in with the release of Shazam coming up, uh, which also stars my uh, all-time TV crush in Megan Good. Um, but the... <laughs> Anyway, the... Uh, you're blushing now. You're like, I Megan. I don't, wait, let me see what she looks like. Hold on. I don't know her. You Megan don't know. Good? Yes. M-E-A-G-A-N. Oh, she's cute, but where do I know her from? Lots of things. She's been in a million things over the years. Okay. Uh, so there's... there's. I did like, watch Shazam, the first one, but uh, I didn't pay attention. Oh, wait. Who is she in Friday? Uh, well, she was like a little girl in Friday. She was like... Oh, okay. Because I did 10 see years Friday. Yeah, but which one though? Which little um, girl? She was at the the. There's a scene where uh, Big Worm pulls up in the ice cream truck, and there's all these little kids that crowd around. Oh, and then she's he, there. She's the one. She's the little kid at the front, and when uh, she's the one that goes, I hate him. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember yes, that. That's it. But yeah, she's in the Twenty One Questions video. She's been in a lot of things. Um, she's in Biker Boys. Uh, pretty much if a movie stars Megan Good. And she's also, she's the star of the show. Um, Harlem? Harlem on uh, Amazon, which I only watch for her. but And I've seen every episode. But literally, if there's anything that stars Megan Good, I will definitely watch that. She is the all-time TV crush. Uh, but anyway, so uh, talking about the All-Atlantic Championship. Yes, we reported earlier on FightfulSelect.com that that belt has actually been done a while, that it's now the international championship. Uh, how do you feel about this new title? I think As it's a better name, for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I thought I thought the announcement at first was a little bit confusing, though, because I'm like, wait, we're talking about Shazam? Is the belt going to be called Shazam? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were going to name it like something Shazam-related, mm -hmm. and I'm the, like, what? The so Shazam championship? Yeah, Shazam Championship. I can't even say it. Shazam Championship. The Shazamianship. Shazam I can't say it. Oh my yeah. god. Um. So, anyways, I I was like, wait, where are we going with this? How does this How does this involve Shazam? And I get the whole thing because I I only seen the movie one time and I wasn't even really paying attention. It was like background noise. And so that's I didn't you get in superhero whole... movies, by the way, for people who don't know that. Who me? I said that's Denise and superhero movies in general. It's oh, all yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all yeah. background stuff to me. But it it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, so the leveling up is the part that has to do with Shazam, right? Yes. Okay, see, I didn't know that. Like, the, I didn't, I mean, I put, I put, you know, two and two together, but it took a second. Um, and I see somebody asking in the chat, what makes it different from a world title? I mean, think of, pretty much think of the words intercontinental and international interchangeable in this case um and uh, interchangeable championship but the uh i think the it's just more interchangeable intercontinental <laughs> international championship, championship. <laughs> yes uh, and i think that's really what they were going for here uh just giving it a broader name because of the fact that obviously being the all atlantic championship it has 
very little to do with just the Atlantic. Like we've already seen countries not in the Atlantic represented. So therefore, people were already making fun of it from the, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, from the start. And the international championship just made more sense. And of course, what separates it from the world title is that the international championship um, and the All-Atlantic Championship before was defended outside of AEW. The AEW world title has only been defended in AEW. It is But the um, outside the country, obviously, they've taken the international championship all atlantic elsewhere pack was defending it and rev pro and things along those lines and we actually saw those matches on dark um hopefully that's something we can get back to but orange cassidy's also been a really good defending champion and that's what i wanted to mention in this match that he's really gotten to come off strong he's opened like the last four episodes of dynamite and he has looked good doing it he has gotten some really strong victories a really great match against wheeler yuta just a few weeks ago that was actually one of my favorite matches of that week and uh, he's had really strong defenses against Jay Lethal. Like, for all the feelings people have against Jay Lethal, like Denise was saying earlier, for me, when the bell rings, um, all of that goes out the door because I like Jay Lethal matches. And I like this match between Jay Lethal and Orange Cassidy. So I, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, but like David Reed here says, I am pre already preparing myself for Double J to win, unfortunately. Dude, I think he's winning. I think he's winning. I said this on my show last night. I'm in my <laughs> gut is saying Jeff Jarrett is going to win. And I'm going to tell you, Will, I know you're the ultimate Jeff Jarrett hater, but I am so here for it. I'm ready. Let's do it. I want to see Twitter just go up in flames. <laughs> I'm so excited. I want the chaos. Give it to me. Uh, please don't do this. Will. Just let it happen. Just no. give it a chance. I don't want Jeff Jarrett with gold. Like I'm having PTSD from WCW and TNA and Jeff Jarrett and Planet Jarrett and what's on the tape. And we still don't know the answer to what's on the tape. Like, is Jackie Gata going to show up one day and be like, I'm finally going to reveal what's on the tape. And nobody knows what I'm talking about if you weren't watching TNA in 2004 and 2005. Uh, but I swear, you guys, I... I... <sighs> Just let it happen, Will. Please, no. Please let it happen. No. I'm manifesting it. Jeff but, Jarrett will like, win. I, I want to see Orange Cassidy lose the belt here soon because I think that it, that's a belt that's almost like made for Takeshita. And I think that in order for Takeshita to get it, a heel has to win it. But please not Jeff Jarrett. That he's not the Jeff one. Jarrett. He's a great fucking heel. Like, let it be him. Just let it be him. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Oh, man, Twitter is going to be fun that day. Uh, Glassdoor Gamer says, I hope Miro beats OC for the IC title. Um, and Sheldon Jackson says, if Orange Cassidy retains next week, who would you have beat Cassidy for the title? My vote uh, would be for either Zack Sabre Jr., Ishii, or Sonata. Um, what about people in the company right now? Like Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> besides <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, who else? And besides uh, Takeshita. <laughs> well, again, like I said, I want to see Takeshita win it, and I think that it's going to be a, it would be a great victory for him. Um, I mean, look, I would like we're... to see somebody totally different win it, like Bandito. That would be cool. Oh, Bandito is a great choice. I think. Yeah, I know we forget um, about him because he's but honestly, be on Roosh, the show, but Roosh is a great choice too. Though. I was I, thinking Roosh too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, honestly, that's probably my pick. Is because if would you're like going to get good quality shit, you might as well go like you know. Yes, uh, Van Twinblade says, Denise is chaotic evil confirmed. Uh, <laughs> Anime Otaku says, 
Uh, I think they should use the you can only challenge if you're from a different country uh, than the champ rule uh, from the SWA title and start them for international. I think it's very tough for AEW just because um, unless you have the title, that's a really hard one to enforce if the title is on somebody American just because they have this huge American roster and it's very hard to have every match be between international Can you imagine wrestlers. the discourse of that on Twitter? <laughs> yes. That, that would be yes. It would be a mess. Like, it worked for Pac, right? Like, you could say that for Pac because Pac, of course, is from the UK, so you could have him defending against literally anybody from, all, from off the roster, and chances are he wasn't defending from somebody else from the UK. But that's really difficult when you have an American wrestler having it. Uh, I don't know how enforceable that is. Uh, Alexander says, well, objectively, what are you actually concerned about with a Jarrett title win? What has he done in AEW that leave you to believe it wouldn't be a positive for all involved? Because Will's just drinking that haterade. <laughs> Look, That's I all mean, it is. You're just drinking the haterade. I will admit that it has little to do with his AEW stuff. I actually have, have liked his AEW stuff. See? See, and but, I remember I was one of the few people defending Jeff Jarrett when he came in um, to AEW. My whole chat turned against me because nobody was rooting for Jeff Jarrett in AEW. And I was like, guys, it ain't going to be that bad. And then like two weeks later, everybody was like, you know what? That hasn't been bad. I know. I, I, more than anything, I think it's just that it's people's PTSD from previous runs with Jarrett. I think it has a lot to do with TNA. I think it has a lot to do with WCW and the fact that like Jarrett was no one's favorite wrestler at that time period. At either of those time periods, like, you know, Jarrett, of course, when he was running TNA, he beat Triple H himself, right? He made himself the guy. He beat all of your favorites. He beat Jeff Hardy in a time where Jeff Hardy should have been winning the TNA or the NWA championship. Like, Jarrett was everybody's least favorite wrestler. And so the fact that Jarrett got into an executive role with AEW, which he's in, and it's a thing a lot of people forget. And so the immediate thought was, how long is it going to take for him to do what he did in TNA? And so every championship opportunity he gets, immediately people start going, ah, crap, here it is. Jarrett's going to make himself champion. And I don't want it. But at well, the same time, he does get good heat. I, he I do recognize good that. Heat. He yes. knows. Uh, I think he's a great person to, like, work with other guys that are, like, up and coming. And, you know, obviously he's got God decades in the business. I mean, I see the pros. And I'm not saying go on a freaking eight-month run as champion. It's fine. Hold it for a couple of weeks. I'm cool with that. Uh, and then it could lead to something else. Like you mentioned, Takeshita. That would be great. But let's have – I don't have a problem with Jeff Jarrett holding the championship. Oh. Now, if he goes on a fucking, like, three-year reign, <laughs> then maybe I mean, I'll circle but back it, then. Isn't it great heat, Denise? What if he's getting even more heat than before? Okay, you know what? If in three years he's getting massive heat and it's great heat, I will be for it. Uh, Ronan says, speaking of TNA, I'm glad that Tony has always seemed to pivot to putting over AEW originals. I can't remember how many times TNA would sign an ex-WWE guy and would immediately hand them a title on night one. I mean, I, I know people look back on it fondly, but I was furious at the time when Kurt Angle tapped out Samoa Joe in Angle's first TNA match. And the issue I had with that at the time was that they had spent almost two years, or at least a year and a half at that point, building up Samoa Joe to be this unstoppable force. He felt unique to AEW programming. I know he's also wrestling in Ring of Honor, but uh, not AEW, to TNA programming. 
But uh, I know he was also wrestling in Ring of Honor, but for the most part, the TV audience was familiar with Samoa Joe, TNA superstar, and he was undefeated. He was dominating everybody. And you let somebody come in from outside the company and end his streak. And not only end his streak, you tapped him out. And that, to me, I thought set the tone for what TNA was going to be, which is we'll build our own guys, but no matter what, if we get somebody from over there, they're going to beat our guys. And if you look at the Revolution card from top to bottom, Every match on that show featured an ex-WWE talent versus an AEW original talent. And in all of those matches, except for Elite versus House of Black, the AEW talent won. So that is a thing he does. Uh, Let's see. Techno Gatsby says, Jericho is the perfect international heel champ for the AEW brand to be represented overseas. Give him time and let him build a feud with Takeshita. Uh, sure. Um, after this, we saw the segment with Ricky Starks, and uh, he. we want to know what's next for him. Um, I will say, there was a little bit of me worried. I'm like, please don't play Judas, please don't play Judas, and Judas <laughs> didn't play. Uh, so I was ultimately pleased with the fact that he has moved on. Look, in hindsight, I need everybody to be a lot kinder to that feud now. Because I know the thing people were worried about was Ricky Starks being sucked into the Jericho vortex and that he'd be stuck in a feud with Jericho for six months. And by the time it's over with, you're, you don't even want him on TV anymore, like the Eddie Kingston stuff, all of that. But Ricky Starks got in and out of that feud, won both of his matches with Jericho. It was actually the ideal way for a Jericho feud to go. Right. I think we're good. And I think in hindsight, we can kind of look on that feud fondly and go, look, it elevated Ricky Starks. He beat Jericho on pay-per-view. He's good. So my thing with this and the reason why I didn't hate it was because I did see a couple of people on Twitter say like, oh, this is lame. Some people are expecting Jay White and all of this, right? The only reason I'm not opposed to it is because to me, Juice Robinson is a, he's a credible opponent for Ricky Starks in the sense that, you know, Ricky Starks, you're trying to keep that momentum coming off of, you know, the MJF stuff, the Jericho stuff. To me, it means a lot more if Ricky Starks either has a match or a full-on program with Juice Robinson and, you know, comes out on top and gets that victory than if he were just to have some random match with somebody that isn't uh you know that hasn't maybe done the things that juice robinson has done so for me i don't know if they're going to go on and do a full program or if it's just going to be you know a match or two or whatever i um look for those reasons alone i feel like i want to see ricky starks defeat somebody that comes with a little bit of credibility and i think juice robinson's a good person for that you know what's interesting is in this promo he was talking about what he's going to do next and then he said or where I'm going to go next. And I know a lot of people have been focused on that statement. Um, what did you think he meant by that? Because I don't actually know. I have some guesses. I don't know. Maybe do you think he'll do some stuff along the lines of Ring of Honor as well? Um, or given that, here's the interesting thing. Juice, I'm pretty sure, is signed to AEW. And so, uh, and signed a while ago. Um and so I, I think it was interesting. Did they ever that put out his All Elite's graphic? I don't mm-hmm. recall seeing it. Right. And so, but we saw the, the Bullet Club graphics for him, which he hasn't been using Bullet Club stuff while being in AEW because he's been Juice Robinson AEW member, um, at least the last few weeks. And so I can't help but wonder, is, could Starks possibly be doing something with New Japan? Um, in order to maybe even just like at a New Japan Strong show. I don't know uh, what that's going to be. 
but because uh, I know a lot of people saw that, and I even just saw it in the chat asking, like, oh, no, Ricky was talking about where are they going to do another, like, am I going to WWE story like they're doing with MJF? I don't think that's what that was supposed to be. No. But I do know that anybody saying that is going to raise some eyebrows. I just hope that this is like a quick program to kind of get Ricky Starks a good victory. And I want to yeah. just, I don't want to spend too much time here. I want to see him kind of go out and work with a bunch of different people. Yeah, I would like to see that as well. Um, Hector says, uh, Starks versus Juice looks promising, but let's just be glad Tony didn't rename the belt the AEW Galactic Open Weight Championship. Um, I wouldn't hate Galactic. I know, right? Because then you word, could Galactic. I'm the you, Galactic Champion. You could defend it on Mars at that point. I, I would love that. I actually kind of like it. Um, you know what I really like, though? Um, maybe some mileage will vary. But I think because I had an interview last week, and if you haven't seen it, by the way, YouTube.com slash Fightful. It's right here on the channel. I did an interview with Ruby Soho, uh, me and my Grap City co-hosts, uh, and it was a great interview. One of the things we talked about in that interview was how she felt getting booed out of the building in her match with Chris Statlander Chris. last week. Oh, yeah. We talked about that in the interview. So all of that fresh on my mind as she comes out to cut her promo. And can I just say, I thought this promo was exactly what this angle has needed. She was exactly yes. what this angle has needed. I thought that she added some legitimacy to it all. Um and added some legitimacy to the gripes, the way that she talked about the AEW fans, how they cheered at Grand Slam when Britt won, how they cheered uh, or how they booed her out of the building against Chris Statlander in Las Vegas last year. And I just re went back and watched that clip. Man, like she talked about it in our interview of how almost flustered she was because she didn't know that was going to happen. She was like, she expected Chris to be cheered, but she didn't know that she was going to be kind of public enemy number one at that point. And she's just trying to, like, you know, calm the fans down because they're just booing her. And watching that, I went back and rewatched it this morning and just seeing it and seeing how the fans reacted to her. Yeah, she at some point she was going to have to answer for that and, and express how she felt about it. And I liked everything she said here. She expressed how, you know, she came here to, to be for the fans and the fans, every opportunity they got, they picked her opponents. Um, and... Uh, and then, you know, they turned on Soraya very quickly after willing her out of retirement or Tony Storm, who jumped ship from WWE, and they have turned on her as well. But they keep going for their favorites, their originals. Well, fuck you guys. Uh, we're aligned now. Like all of that, I thought all of her material was very, very good. And there's nothing like a heel turn that's justified. And I thought that she came off justified in all of this. Right. And here's the thing. I'm going to be honest, like before this, I really didn't have any interest in what they were doing with this feud. And I kind of felt like I really wasn't like too hot on the whole, you know, the portion of Ruby Soho. Is she whose side is she on? Who's that? Like I was kind of losing interest by the minute. And I will be completely honest. This promo was really good. And it was the thing that finally got me thinking, okay, you know what? There's something here with this. I'm I'm finally feeling the direction of, you know, doing the ex WWE girls against the homegrown girls and all of that. This was exactly what this feud needed. Uh, I was excited to see what Ruby Soho was gonna go out there and say. When she hit, hit that line about calling people fat neck beards, mouth breathing trolls, I was like, ooh, we went there. Um, you know, it's not something you're used to seeing out of Ruby Soho, at least not recently. 
And so for me, it was kind of, I was kind of glad that she went like full throttle and she got so much heat from that. It was great. Um, this has been the most interesting thing, in my opinion, that they've done with this whole feud between Tony and Soraya and Britt and Jamie and, and Ruby and all of this. Yeah. No, I liked it. I, like I said, and I felt she felt justified. You know, she had the, it was a quick match with Sky Blue, but then after the match, Willow Nightingale came out. I almost feel betrayed because we talked about her friendship with Willow Nightingale in the interview. And she sat there in this interview knowing full well that she was about to turn on Willow Nightingale and turn on all of this. <laughs> and and uh, so, uh, but of course, they were just tagging a few weeks ago. So there's almost a sense of heartbreak there that Willow came to, to save the day and try to talk some sense into her. Yep, and then they, they and also the her. line about Tony Storm and her having to be interim women's champion. I thought that was good too. That was really good too. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, there was so much justification here that I didn't totally, I didn't disagree with her. I'm like, oh, there's some yeah. points you're making here. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're making because like we see you people promos all the time, but when it's a justified you people promo, when she's like, look, I have receipts to back up everything I'm saying here and every reason why I've turned on you fans. That stuff is great. I actually always enjoy that, and I think this was good here. We then saw um, Jericho Appreciation Society versus uh, Top Flight and AR Fox, which is an interesting trio because I think in Ring of Honor, Top Flight has moved on from AR Fox already. And if you look at the way things are like, the tapings are shaping up, Top Flight is like feuding with the kingdom, and AR Fox like already has a. I caught that yawn there, by the I'm way. I'm sorry. Um, I was trying to keep it in. I was like, this is by no means on you. I'm just a tired person, Will. I get very little sleep at night. This has no. This was nothing on you. I know. I mean. it was just... When I yawn on podcasts, I always feel bad because I don't want people to think it's because of them. I'm just tired. I know. It was just funny how like you were trying to do it like, all discreet. <laughs> and I always do that. You can always tell when I'm yawning. It's like, oh. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> so anyway, this match uh, really was about establishing Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara as a trio because they declared after the match was over, they are going for the trio's titles. And uh, lights went out. I think we thought we were about to get uh, the House of Black, but even more exciting, they come back on. And carry on my wayward son, it's the elite. And I got super excited over the fact that I had tweeted just two days ago. I was like, you know what? I think it's time to run Jericho and Kenny three. Like, right? They're still one and one. It's been four years since their first, uh, since their second one on one match. It's time to go back to Kenny and Jericho. I actually want to see it again. I think Jericho's better now, honestly, than he was in 2019. And I think it'd be a great place, a great time to do it. And so I got super excited at this. And Kenny even noted on the mic, he said, you know, for the most part, we've stayed out of your way the last three years, like pretty much since the inner circle versus elite feud ended, they have not interacted at all. They have stayed out of each other's way. And he said, I thought it was out of mutual respect, but honestly it's time. And then uh, Don Callis gets on the mic. He tells them that, uh, the better wrestler from Winnipeg is Kenny Omega. Jericho, not even, uh, what did he say? Something about not even being in the top three. He said that uh, he's the second best wrestler from Winnipeg. And if he were, and if Don Kellis himself were to start training, yeah. that then Jericho would become the third best from Winnipeg. Right. 
I thought they were just going to like announce the one-on-one match there. I'm like, just do it. Just fucking say it. Just say Jericho versus Kenny right now. But uh, you know what? If we're going to hold that off a little bit longer, it's okay. But I think that I, I, that's honestly where I want to see things go. Um, but they announced a three-way because at that point, House of Black appears on the screen. They accept the challenge. Lights go out. They come back on. They are in the arena. And uh, then lights go back off and they disappear. But oh my God, this could be like thinking about who's in this match. The Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, uh, Sammy Guevara, Buddy Matthews, Brody King, and uh, Malachi Black. This is going to be fucking insane on TV next week. This is going to be good. I'm so glad that they, I I thought they were going to do like the elite and the Jericho Appreciation Society to determine who would go on to face the House of Black. I much preferred that they were like, let's just go for it. Like, and then all three. That was so much better. Now, what's curious to me is, uh, so, you know, AEW is very much known for doing hometown victories. We literally just saw it with Hobbs. And so here we're going into a situation in Winnipeg next week where you've got a match that features Jericho and Kenny, but also the House of Black who just won the titles. Do you oh, give? Oh, I'm e- expecting House of Black to win. There's no way they're going to win. I'm also expecting them to win, but if you do that, both Winnipeg people lose in their hometown in well, one it's, match. It's, well, either way, let's say you have one person from Winnipeg win, and then you have the other person lose. You still have a winner and a loser from Winnipeg. I think it's True. better off to have them both that's losing and have the house. I don't think anyone's going to be mad that the House of Black wins here. Yes, I love that. I, I that, think people would be mad if the House of Black lost. Yeah, that's true, too. But I think the fans, it'll be an interesting uh, lay for the fans. Um Oh, I'm seeing who's at my house right now. Sorry, my my ring doorbell just went off. Um, <laughs> it's a neighborhood kid. My son's not out of school for 10 minutes. This kid shows a story to tell. And uh, in that, there's this kid in the neighborhood. He's homeschooled. My son does not get out of school for 10 minutes. But he shows up s- same time every day to ask if my son is home. The answer is always no. How does he get home before your son? No, he's he's homeschooled. This kid is, and oh, so okay, okay, yeah. So this kid shows up every day, same time every day, and asks for my son, and he's never home, and he's never going to be because he doesn't get out for another ten minutes. <laughs> Did you not tell him come back exactly? At I this tell time? him that I just told him that yesterday. <laughs> I did the door. <laughs> Every day, what a little same sign. kid. <laughs> he will be home at this time. Yes, Billy gets out at two forty-five, which means he's not home till he's walking today because the weather's nice. He won't oh be home till gosh. like three. Bless so. you, Will. I have no idea what I'm going to be like as a mom and be like, he doesn't get home right now. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to be those moms that are always yelling. Oh man, I can't wait to see Denise as a mom. I, oh, there's God, so many no. like shut up, Will. There's shut so up. many. Don't put that into existence. There's so many Denise isms that stop it. No. <laughs> if my husband were to hear you, he'd be so excited. He's so ready to have a baby. I hate it. I'm like, shut up. It's not gonna happen. No, I'm a, me- I'm a message him. Just no, <laughs> just no. encouraging. Like he was yeah, ready. This... Like the second that we got married, I felt that in the room. Like I felt the energy. And I'm like, God damn it! In the honeymoon, he brought it up a couple of times, and I was like, Nope, nope. I know. 
with uh, I'm not going to yeah. talk about this anymore. All right. We will talk about it right now. Uh, so Anime Otaku says, I liked Ruby's self-serving memory of ignoring the loss to Jade, not being popular. Also, Willow needs uh, to literally pounce at least Ruby out of her shoes, like when Ricky speared MJF. Uh, yeah, that'd, that'd be, be cool. cool. A good visual. See, and look, multiple people are saying it. Denise will be a great mom. Denise would be a great mom. Look at that. It's always the guys. It's always the guys, too. I know it. Because, you know, it's funny. I feel like for a long time, society made us think that that men don't want to be fathers, right? Like, that's what society made us think, that it's a woman thing. Lately, I've been realizing that it's actually guys want to be fathers. They want to be dads. And I'm finding more... Uh, I know like mainly all my friends are like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend or whoever really wants to have a kid, but I'm not ready yet. And I'm noticing more that the couples that I meet, it's always the guy versus the girl. Yeah, I mean, I talked my wife into it, definitely. Um, But she also. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you just admitted that I talked her into it. I mean, I did. Well, a big piece of it was that like I was really good with my niece and uh, I think her convinced the what convinced her was damn he's like really good with her (sighs) okay here you go um so that's that's you want to know why it's always the guys that want to have the baby because they don't actually got to push the baby out okay they just get to do the fun part okay we have to be the one that blow up and have to freaking have you seen those pictures of how big you know we gotta like open up in order for that thing to come out Denise, I watched both of my children be brought exactly. into this world. I saw it from straight on. So, and were you not traumatized? No, did it not traumatize you. No, not at all. Okay, um, well, it traumatized me if I know, and I've only seen the the graphics. And they use like a they, there's a there's a chart where they show like a, they they show it with the use of a bagel. They show a donut to show. I mean, <laughs> think about the size of a baby's head and shoulders. And that- <laughs> okay, stop, 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 stop. Okay, okay. Stop. okay. <laughs> you see what I mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> guys are down because they don't gotta do nothing. All right, they just go in there, have a little good time. No, I bet. No, honestly, like. My wife took it out on me. She, um, while she was pushing, she had my hand. It was like physically trying to break it. And I asked her afterward, I was like, were you like intentional? Because I felt like there was some intentional twisting in there. And she's like, she goes, oh, yeah, I wanted you to know what I was going through in that moment. And you needed to feel something. It's not fair. How is it that a kid could be 50-50, you know, to two people, yet one of them has to do all the work? All the hard work, I should add. Well, it's whatever. I have to do homework. So there's, <laughs> it's been not quite made up. Not at all. Uh, so anyway, we saw Blackpool Combat Club face the Dark Order. Uh, we got the heel turn. It's here. We're finally here. Uh, we got the Blackpool Combat Club. John Moxley's first heel run in AEW is official. They fucking turned and they did it so naturally that uh, I... I, 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 it didn't even bug me. It didn't really disturb me. It wasn't like a, a huge shocker. It felt natural. It felt like, yeah, it's time. It's time for them to be the bad guys here. And I I'm see, excited. I was distracted by the fact that we're still continuing this, to be honest. I was a little distracted by that. There are ways to go here, though, Denise. I know, and I know, and I see the benefits of it. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I was distracted. Because, like, there are places I see this. Because we got this really heart-wrenching Brian Danielson promo, right? Where he said he's got to go home. 
Um, and what's interesting is that there's now a comeback setup for him because I was thinking, how would you insert him back into storylines again? And hey, the Blackpool Combat Club have turned into complete fucking dicks. And <laughs> to have Brian have to come back and decide, is he with them or against? Uh, and if he sides against, you've got multiple built-in feuds for him. You can set him up against Wheeler. You can set him up against Claudio. And you could set him up against Moxley. There's places to go there. So Brian is a place I thought, right? Then I also thought about the fact that uh, the Dark Order is just not good enough. They cannot compete with the Blackpool Combat Club. Hangman said a few weeks ago that he's got some fences to mend. And if he can't take on the Blackpool Combat Club with the Dark Order, who else could help him? I don't know. Maybe the Elite. The Elite versus the Blackpool Combat Club is also doable here. Like, there's multiple places now they can go. And uh, so, yes, I'm not, like, continuing on with Hangman and Moxley. I don't want to see another one-on-one match between them. I think that's finished. But I think that there are ways now we can transition into other things, and I would love to see that. Hell, are you kidding me? Kenny and Moxley tying it back up again, but this time now Moxley is the heel and Kenny is the face. Let's fucking go. There's stuff I like here. I feel you. I feel you on this. And I've been, you know, kind of wanting to see more focus on the elite. And, and I know, you know, it's hard to it's hard to say that because of, you know, the stuff that they did with the deaf triangle and, you know, clearly they're bouncing back. But I just feel like, I don't know, I kind of miss the days where we were just getting more of the elite uh, on the shows and also just like in bigger matches, you know, so I'm glad that we're starting to kind of circle back there. Yes. Um, we got a humper chat here. This one is from Board Dude. I'm going to assume this one's coming from somebody Latino um, because otherwise, like, this feels almost offensive. Uh, but it says, Denise Denise needs a plaid button up and super sharp eyebrows within JJ takes que paso. You all on one? Because that's like the, that's like the go-to look, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That I knew, but I'm like, I can't say I love that. how you're, like, that's... careful about it. I'm not going to get mad at you, Will. I can't. Uh, yeah, whatever. I'm um, not going to be like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Hey, have uh, you watched the Chris Rock special? I, so my brother called me, um, what night did he call me? I think it was Saturday night. I think you had already gone to sleep, and then my brother called me, and he's, like, talking all about it, and he's wanted to know if I had so seen good. it. It wasn't, because he had all the complaints. He didn't like it. And so he didn't like it? My brother didn't like it. And so I told him I would watch it this week and get back to him. I so loved it, because he went off about, like, selective outrage, which I completely agree with, and, like, people getting mad about just anything these days. And so I liked all of that. There was some really good stuff in there I thought was pretty funny. Okay. I might check it out. My brother was like, you need to watch Chris Rock and then watch the Marlon Wayans special on HBO immediately after, and then tell me what you think. Did so you I'll watch You People? Yes. Oh, I was curious what you thought about that. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you think it was um, funny? I'm middle of the road on You People. Um, it's fine, uh, but I didn't love it. Okay. I was curious. Uh, let's see. So we have... Uh, Corey says, Brian Danielson coming home. Maybe an ROH appearance? No, I think you guys are reading into that portion of it. I think for the moment, he's like actually going That's home. what I thought, too. <laughs> so. I think he's going to go home. I do think he's going to do the G1. That's my prediction. Yeah. Van Twin Blade says, Hangman Page corruption arc? Let's go. Uh, 
And then we got just the donation from uh, Autoclave. Uh, this is nothing to read. Uh, just thanks. And so I appreciate that. That's always cool. So we talked a whole bunch about the main event. There's not a whole lot more to talk about from it. Um, the match itself, they... Had some good spots in the back in the parking lot, smashing his head. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, sorry. Ward, uh, Wardlow smashing... No, Powerhouse Hobbs smashing the head of Wardlow into the car door and then the uh, suplex onto the... Uh, or the back body drop onto the uh, windshield. Mm -hmm. that was yeah, fun. there was some the cool stuff the elbow. The match. I mean, not the elbow. Um, sorry, I'm thinking of a different match right now. Um, the freaking uh, Swanton... That was good too. Uh, oh, and so, the, yeah, that was very good. Uh, so speaking of which, um, I know a lot of people were wondering uh, and just to answer the question of it, because Mikey Ruckus had tweeted that he was working on some new music for uh, for Revolution and people are like, well, where was the new music? Um, the drums in Wardlow's theme are new. Uh, that's what... That's what he was working on. He specifically redid, he remixed Wardlow's theme. He did a whole new drum uh, pattern on it. And it's it's a remix of the theme specifically. I know some are like, I don't notice a difference, but it's a it's a new cut of it that he used at Revolution. So I know some people heard that and were like, ooh, is there a debut coming? Is there a return? What are we getting? And no, it was a remix of Wardlow's theme. That was what you were getting. <laughs> so... Um, Jose says, just want to apologize oh, for no, saying what I said to, to Denise. I do know the feels when I shave my head, uh, just the way you deliver some verbiage. I don't know. Uh, it's you guys, that's that's all you. I like how you're like, that's all you. <laughs> that's all you. That's, no, not they... my, that's not mine. You don't have to apologize. Sure. Okay, why uh, is there this awkward silence, Will? I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. Right? But either way, no, I, th silence. I thought the Swanton was cool. Honestly, I thought they were having a very good, big, meaty men slapping meat type of match. And really, it was just the ending that I think took away from it. And to me, I think that the only reason the ending took away was because uh, I would have liked to see Hobbs get it more definitively himself. I didn't mind the interference, but I think that... Uh, Especially considering he hit those back-to-back -back spine busters on him, and he did it the way Wardlow does the Powerbomb Symphony. I thought that was all really cool, and I thought they were doing a great job making. Uh, they did a good job making Wardlow, or Powerhouse Hobbs, seem like he can hang with Wardlow. I didn't like the finish for two reasons: one, the very obvious crash pad. We have to talk about that. Yes, this is the second. Uh, no, second. This is like the fourth time I now. I try not to harp on that stuff because it's like, I don't want the guy to go straight into the concrete, but I also feel like the crash pad looks too babyish. Yeah, well, honestly, I think it like was a got, It's a camera thing, right? Like, you got to do something different with that. The second angle they showed when they replayed it later on looked way better. It had they just, mm. you know, and it's hard in, when you're doing live TV, like, yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. when you're calling shots and what that, whatnot. You don't know how a shot's going to turn out when it comes to action like that. So it's not like they knew right. that per se. But the second shot looks so much better. And that first shot uh, landing on that crash pad, I just thought, oh, damn it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that was my immediate thought was... I had the Every same time. thought. I felt like it reminded me of those theme parks where you send the little kids to the trampoline park and they do their little flips and they land on those little things. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, damn it, this is exactly what happened with the uh, Jericho falling off the blood and guts cage and 
Literally, it's just one different angle would make all the difference here. But instead, anytime you show the crash pad angle from the angle of the crash pad, you're going to expose that it's a crash pad. Uh, and I think had they just shown it from the top down angle, it wouldn't have looked so bad. Yeah. So I, I think a great, it was a good match that I think had kind of a downer of a finish. I'm still happy that Hobbs is champ. Still proud of that. I thought the episode overall didn't really do much for me. It, it was. I messaged way, you and I was like, this episode is mild. Yes. I thought it was. Uh, did you say mild? I thought you said mid. Um, no, but I said mild. You did, you did say mild. Um, but yeah, I thought that for coming off of Revolution, that they would have had more of a. Uh, they would have kind of hit the ground running more and i right. thought this this felt way more like a filler episode for having come off of a pay-per-view especially with no mjf on the show um especially how good yeah. aw revolution was like it, you know i feel like there was really something for everybody on that card like i feel like if you're gonna come out of that show and say it sucked that's a you thing because the show did not suck whatsoever right yeah and that's a shame uh, but I would have liked to have seen this episode be a little bit better and be a little bit more. Hey, Denise, thank you for doing Day After Dynamite. You're welcome. First thing we, uh, last thing we have to do here is uh, give the ratings. How did the show do in the ratings? What's uh, your scale? Um, I don't mean, I mean viewership. Um, oh, that... sorry. I thought you meant you wanted us, to, you wanted no. to rate the show. I was like, okay, on a scale of what? <laughs> And ratings are out. The show did 858,000 uh, with a 0.29 rating, according to Showbuzz Daily. That brings it in at number four behind uh, two NBA games. Um, I did watch NBA games starting in the second hour. I watched the Nuggets lose to the Chicago Bulls. I, Sorry. I need to calm down and just recognize that they were going to lose eventually. But to the Bulls. You really have to now. I have to listen to Philip Lindsay talk about how the Bulls gave the Nuggets their twentieth loss. Wait, so what's your team? What's Phil's team? And what's Reg's team? So what Reg's team, team is the Reg's team is the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. The uh, mine is the Denver Nuggets, and Phil has the Chicago Bulls. Okay, well add me there, and it's the Lakers for sure. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, we, we watched basketball right before Revolution. We watched the Warriors versus the Lakers. Uh, I, as a Nuggets fan, look, they're the number one team in the West. It's very rare for me to say that. They were one of only two teams going into last night with less than 20 losses. And the Nuggets had their 20th loss last night. Had to come from the Bulls. Uh, and they were up at the half. I don't understand. It. Anyway, this, this was all basketball sadness for me. <sighs> But anyway, show did a, uh, what was the 18 to 49? Do I have that? Oh, it was a 0.29. So that's the same as last week, right? Uh, otherwise, it came in number four. It was behind uh, Vanderpump Rules on Bravo, which did a 0.35. Uh, but otherwise, this is roughly where it's been the last couple of weeks. These aren't great ratings. Um, I'm not one of those skies falling kind of people, but I do wonder, and uh, so people are asking, does March Madness affect anything for Rampage next week? I don't think it affects anything for Rampage because I don't think... haven't said anything yet. No, and it was originally going to affect Dynamite next week. The Dynamite was originally scheduled as a Tuesday Dynamite. It was going to go head-to-head -head with NXT. And then they adjusted the schedule, and Dynamite got its Wednesday showing back. And uh, so they had to adjust everybody's tickets because 
those were. Ah. <laughs> so uh, yeah. they're giving refunds for anybody who planned to have Tuesday off, I guess. But now it's a Wednesday show again. But yeah, March Madness is going to be up against everything. So they got to really load this show up. Uh, and Sheldon Jackson says, do you see the Nuggets winning the title? Because I don't. I mean, look, I've never seen the Nuggets win a title. But I would like to. So I'm going to say yes to that, Sheldon Jackson. Thank you. Anyway. Uh, so if you're ready for ratings discourse, just go ahead and turn to Twitter. Because it's, it's going to be doing its thing. Anyway, folks. That's it for Day After Dynamite. Denise Salcedo, make your plugs. Just follow on Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm trying to get to 100K. It's taking a long time. YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Almost at 100K. I'm about to hit 94. That's it. That's all I've got. Oh, and AEW on Sunday. That's right. If you yeah. want to say, did you like this tandem? Did you like this duo? Well, guess what, folks? You get to see it every single week on After the Week, every Sunday. That is at... What time does that show come on? Because we 10 a.m. <laughs> Pacific Standard Time. Yes, that's right. It's 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, again, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. We have lots of fun talking about all the best and worst stuff of the week. Um, I've actually been thinking about my stuff a lot this week. So anyway, folks, that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamite. Kind of an extended edition. We had a lot to talk about. Uh, but either way, for Denise Salcedo, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.